Welcome to a Couch Divided podcast where secular psychology meets a Christian worldview with Dr. Robin Hall and Nick Thomas. All right, Nick, sit back and relax. And if you can't, we need to talk about that. <laughs> Prepare to be couched. therapy, a rational emotive therapy, also called RT for short, is based on several fundamental propositions or hypotheses. And the first of these is that the past is not crucial in a person's life. The past affects him a good deal, but he affects himself much more than the past affects him. Because no matter what he has learned during his historical development, the only reason why these things that have happened to him and that have been told to him affect him today is because he is still re-indoctrinating himself with the same philosophies of life, the same values that he usually imbibed and taught himself to early in his childhood. So we stick largely in the present in rational emotive psychotherapy rather than in the past. Welcome, everybody, to a Couch Divided podcast. My name is Nick Thomas. Alongside with me, always, the glorious Dr. Robin Hall. Oh, oh glorious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in nature of the uh, uh, the topic, the oh, glorious. Oh, my gosh. How did yes. I miss that pun, Nick? I don't know. I'm was sorry. A, it was Because puns are awful. No, yeah. I, oh, my. They are, but they're also great. Yes. Um, glorious, yes, because we are going to be talking about... The final installment of the original Gloria sessions, like the Gloria tapes. So that was the pun. That for, was yes. For those of you that hadn't figured it out. Part yet. three of our <laughs> Gloria series. There's been actually many more tapes like this, not with Gloria. No, not. Uh, but throughout the years, and maybe we'll tackle some of those. You know, um, I don't you think know, I've actually ever seen any other ones. No, they're not too popular. Okay. But based off, I mean, they could be very, very important because you know, based off of the nature of psychotherapy today. Sure. Some of these approaches that they're using um, are kind of still relevant today. Well, I you mean, know, more yeah, relevant. or more modern. And Carl Rogers That's makes right. an appearance in another one of these in the 80s. Oh, yeah. yeah. I do remember yeah. you telling me that. Yeah. I have not seen any of the other ones. Yeah, me either. They don't show them in, school. in grad school. No, yeah. I mean, if they did, I was absent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, do we have any, like, housekeeping type stuff before we get r get right into it? Just the normal, you know, you can contact us at a couch divided podcast at gmail.com with your questions. We've gotten a couple of them so far, or we got a few of them so far, and especially on Instagram at couch divided pod, Facebook, 
same name. You can contact us on there with any questions. We will try to get back to you as soon as possible. Right. Um, and uh, we've been highly blessed by your compliments uh, so far, and um, and we hope you continue to do so. Yeah, your um, feedback. Yeah. Well, we hope it continues to bless you guys. We realize yeah. that this is kind of a, what did you call it? a niche topic, like in each area of interest. <laughs> Yeah, really. I mean, so, you know, there's probably two kinds of people. Oh, I remember viewing these videos in school. Yeah. And then this is really interesting because this is what I'm interested in. Sure. And, and really, I mean, A Couch Divided is a niche podcast for, for a particular audience. Right. And We're probably not the like everyone's favorite flavor. No, we got a cold following. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which is kind of cool. I'm okay. Like, I love yeah. cult, like movies, cult classics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Those are always of, the best. Army of Darkness. Yeah. I'm a huge Bruce Campbell girl. Oh, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that would be fun if we could, like, call ourselves that, but not an actual cult because... <laughs> Yes, not an actual cult. <laughs> Although, a personality. Yeah, apology has definitely been called worse, so, yeah. or accused of worse. Um, yeah, so that was that's our housekeeping stuff. We have some awesome stuff coming up. Um, we're not sure of release dates yet, but we have some cool crossovers that will be coming out pretty soon. So stay tuned, and we hope you guys like it. Tell people about us. Share us. Our whole goal is to um, help well, help promote conversation around this, but, you know, to take dominion over mental health. Oh, yeah. This doesn't belong to the world. You know, we got an email uh, the other day, um, uh, you know, about our perspective uh, of somebody that's actually going into uh, counseling right now or uh, for school, you know, their degree type. Oh, really? I didn't know. That yeah, yeah. So we, so we got an email in here and um, and uh, they just they loved our perspective oh. um, on this. And they asked a question. Um, about, you know, how do you get around, you know, it's like, Hey man, you know, like, I don't know whether to not to go for the licensure oh. uh, secularly or go into biblical counseling. You know, one side has not enough credentials for somebody to take me seriously. And the other side is kind of wicked yeah. <laughs> in, in one attempt. Uh, and for some reason the world does take that seriously in, in, in the, in the balance between uh, that, uh, mm -hmm. as well could be very, very, uh, very difficult. Do you have any advice? Oh, that is a whole episode topic. Mm -hmm. So why don't we even like just hang that up? Uh, I don't think that it's ever a bad idea to educate yourself, but I do think that you, especially if you are getting into student loan debt, like further student loan debt to do so, I think you have to be very cautious. Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, again, this, like I said, I don't want to <laughs> totally rabbit trail on this topic. I think it could be its own complete, probably like multi-episode volume series. Mm -hmm. um, but I would, you know, obviously I, you know, I enjoy being a student. I got my doctorate. You can't, you know, hate being a student if, to go that far in school. Um, and I, you know, find it fascinating and wonderful. And I love this like feeling you know strongly that God is calling me to this area in terms of just even trying to translate um, some of the secular dogma into digestible information that you know Christians can utilize um, 
So, yeah, I don't know. I think I have a very like loaded response to that question. Yeah, and it, it really depends. I mean, Ephesians 4 says he gives you the amount of grace allotted for your calling. Yeah. Right? And so it's actually really easy for me to discern so, since I'm called to be an elder and I have a passion in counseling. Sure. Um, to And then the nature of what I want to do is actually gain a perspective on secular psychotherapy. Sure. And then uh, not nuance that or anything like that, uh, but uh, hold on to what is good, reject what is evil, so I can continue by biblical counseling. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. And anybody that is coming to see me will be a Christian or should expect Christian counseling. <laughs> right. Should um, expect to be evangelized. Because I'm a pastor. So it, it's really easy because right. there's a calling in my well, life. Well, so and see, I can the, thing, the, problem, the problem is, is that, like, the code of ethics that you have to ascribe to... Mm-hmm. Um, like essentially just forbids that like mm-hmm. you are not allowed to yep. um to evangelize in that way so there's a lot of things to consider and yeah well i think that's definitely a topic for another time but um you know what always continue to grow in knowledge right like as christians we're supposed to be the best at whatever we do and you know even if that's just studying at home without a course, you know, a syllabus or a professor, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, yeah. And, and so, uh, and so like she said, this is a topic, uh, I just wanted to address the email real quickly. This is oh, a yeah. topic, um, that we will do a whole episode on. We did, we did sort of, uh, an episode on biblical counseling as opposed to secular counseling. Where should you go and how should you do that? Um, and it is in our Q and a session. Uh, we have an episode. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so we would refer you there too as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and, uh, and then hopefully, um, and, uh, we, uh, we make your question and a whole topic too as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe we'll describe a little bit of the approach that I'm creating, um, sure. to yeah. as well, sort of a covenantal approach to counseling. Um, so, and, uh, that would be, uh, all the housekeeping, Robin, all of the housekeeping. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> And then I imagine us like sweeping in my pink aprons. I have a pink apron. Right. Um, Okay. So we're the clip that we played at the beginning of the episode. um, The gentleman that you hear talking is uh, Dr. Albert Ellis, Mm -hmm. PhD. And he is the founder, developer, researcher. He's the psychologist that developed rational emotive behavioral therapy so more commonly referred to by its acronym rebt mm-hmm. and that is the like third and final part of the gloria tapes mm-hmm. that we're going to be reviewing for you all um yeah so mm-hmm. I, we're going to start kind of the way we did um when we were talking about carl rogers and mm-hmm. humanistic um go through you know, some of the like theory and framework that Ellis proposed, right. And the mm-hmm. kind of make up this theory, um, and then hopefully be able to point out with some accuracy when we see that stuff happening in the rest of our mm-hmm. clips, because I think it's pretty obvious. So, um, just so you know, like major theoretical concepts here, I'm reading from a book that was written or at least, edited by Ellis. Um, and if you guys are interested in the title or like the sources for it, you can email us and we'll let Mm -hmm. you know. Um, but you should know, um, 
that he, this is primarily, like he said, a present-focused therapy. Mm-hmm. It does. It differs very much from psychoanalysis, right? Mm-hmm. In that, um, there is not a lot of emphasis at all placed on the past. Mm-hmm. It's really an analysis of what you believe, think, feel right mm-hmm. now, and how that. Yeah, his sort of his sort of work to uh, to as he described it is as yeah, the past affects him um, a great deal. But affects more of his belief system and what he's currently dealing with now because he's suffering the consequences now and not in the past, but he's suffering them now. Um, and so he's going to try to rearrange the thoughts. Really. Yes. Right. So this um, we haven't done a full episode, have we, on cognitive behavioral therapy? No, no. I, yeah. um, and we probably should. That should be on our it's the most popular form roster. Of, of, right. Yeah. You guys might be familiar with that. If any of you guys have attended, th- you know, counseling it's very likely that your therapist used some mm-hmm. CBT techniques. So we would kind of couch REBT underneath that umbrella, except it is also mm-hmm. very humanistic. Mm-hmm. So you see it in a lot of group therapy sessions too, as well. Right. And yeah. if so at the very heart of cognitive, cognitive theory, cognitive behavioral theory is the idea that thoughts influence beliefs, influence behavior. Mm-hmm. So, we get a variation of that here with uh, Dr. Ellis. So um, it's like I said, it's humanistic in it's a, got a humanistic emphasis. So for those of you guys that haven't heard our Carl Rogers episode, go, you know, take a listen to that. And we go over what that means. And I think in good detail. Mm. Um, uh, so you guys can kind of catch up in that way, but um, it, this is all based on the idea the the theory that humans are the happiest when they ins- they establish important life goals and purposes and then actively strive to attain those goals and purposes so that is at the heart of this this is what ellis believes about people right that you are you are your best self <laughs> you're living mm-hmm. your best life now oh my gosh or you can is this a parallel any um, any idea of sex uh, of uh, self actualization? Do you hear that I- in there anywhere? Um, he's not really talking about. I guess we could we could say that if someone is actively striving to attain their goals and feels that they are successful mm-hmm. um, in in doing that in achieving their goals, then. Yes. So it's it's sort of a repackaged. Like that would setting. be kind yeah. of how you mm-hmm. would self actualize, um, but he yeah he definitely does not use that um, that that word yeah, yeah that terminology. <clears throat> um, so this is not biblically based. <laughs> I think that's it's going to be really obvious here in a second, but mm-hmm. there are some really interesting concepts that he's articulated throughout this that I think could be useful mm-hmm. um and stuff that we are all like once we get to our like the common um some of the common cognitive uh th- coping mechanisms that we employ right um you'll you know you'll be able to relate to those mm-hmm. anyway. and there's certainly in the bible some basis of goal setting or oh, sure or at least foundation setting in order to go to a next step, you know, take care of your affairs, then to build your house, all that kind of stuff. Um, but it's always predicated upon wisdom. Right. Um, and not attainment, mm-hmm. you know, um, 
because you can never tell whether or not you're going to obtain or not. It's the Lord who gives and takes away. So sure. we understand that, you know what I mean? Well, and I feel like we also have already attained the ultimate, the ultimate, like mm-hmm. we have the most important gift mm-hmm. that a human being can have right. as a believing Christian. Right. right. Um, so what else? I mean, you should definitely have goals, but what else, you know, mm-hmm. ultimately, mm-hmm. and that isn't a work of your, like that isn't a result of your works at all. Mm-hmm. It's that, what, what does Jeff call gift gift? Right. A gift gift. Well, I mean, I, I mean, Paul said, I, I need a, a foreign righteousness, right. you know? Um, and, uh, he also said that, that the grace and, uh, of God and the faith that we have is a gift, um, from God. Um, as well. So that's justification uh, on that point, right? But then immediately after um, (laughs) uh, 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 that verse in Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10 says that you're made for good works that God has ordained ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So the process of sanctification is really really what we want to go through. Mm -hmm. And then from the overflow of that, okay, what did he command Adam? Work until the ground. So the process of sanctification in the reconciliation of God given the cultural mandate to take dominion is how we establish and set goals. Right. Right. Well said. (laughs) (laughs) Very well said. Yeah. So yeah, goal setting is definitely biblical. That's not what I meant in terms of um, it being unbiblical. This Ellis is coming at this from a biological and evolutionary framework. Yeah. um, And that'll become kind of obvious as we move through some of this, but one of the things that you, if you've been, like I said, if you've been in therapy before, or if, you know, if you end up going at some point in the future, these, this framework and the techniques that are associated with it are very commonly used Mm -hmm. still. So, um, you, you know, it shouldn't surprise you if you come into contact with some of this stuff. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually going to just read a little excerpt right from the, uh, the book, just because I think it, summarizes it so well um so this um when i was in training i used this a lot when especially was when i when i was at the state mm-hmm. hospital um rebt and ellis are most famously right known he is most famously associated with um the abc framework <laughs> so i want to I want to giggle here because it, it, I remember when I was a kid doing VBS, they had the oh. ABCs of salvation. What are they? I think it was accept, believe, confess. <laughs> oh, well. And I was like, what was it? What's with human institutions and wanting to create so many acronyms oh, we and, love saying, it. and then boil it down to just that? We you know? really love it. We're lazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We're lazy. But the thing is, you have to be really goal-orientated to even think of these things. So it's like the person starts with a goal-orientated mind, creates something, and then everybody just takes it because it's the least path of resistance. We do it with every, like, we, you know, we give people nicknames. We like, yeah. we like, um, yeah, we just reducing like, elements down into their simplest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> to its layman terms, yeah. Um, okay, so the REBT theory of personality and personality disturbances begins with people trying to fulfill their goals, which makes sense according to Mm -hmm. what we've said so far. So trying to fulfill their goals, which is represented by the capital letter G, Mm -hmm. in some kind of environment and encountering a set of, quote, activating events Mm -hmm. or activators, which is represented by capital A. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we've got our A for our ABCs. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Um, so the they in some kind of environment and encountering a set of acting activating events or activators that mm. tend to help them achieve or mm -hmm. to block their goals. Okay, so these activating events either help or hinder goal getting, right? Mm. Achieving goals. Mm -hmm. Okay. The A's or activating events they encounter usually are present or current events or their own thoughts, feelings, or behaviors about these events, but they may be embedded in memories or thoughts, conscious or unconscious, about past experiences. So I find it interesting that he's acknowledging like the, the past would still influence <clears throat> potentially this area, but we're just not really going to talk about it. Yeah, I mean... It, it, that it doesn't... It doesn't matter. That's what he's arguing. That it doesn't matter that it's born from the past because it isn't about understanding like yeah. the origin he, of it exactly. He also made a case for um, everything being in the past um, because even an activating event, in order for you to believe something about it, it has to come after the event. The belief, so, yeah. Yeah, so I don't care if it's two minutes right. You know, in the past. <laughs> it's still in the past. Right. So it shows you that everything that comes out of you, you're responding to. I'm sure he did operationally define like present and past at some point. Yeah. I don't know, but I, you're totally right. I have no idea what his I'm, boundaries are around it. I may be being philosophically nitpicky. <laughs> I understand what he's talking about. Right. But... But it is sort of a question to ask in the sense of how do humans respond to things coming at them? And sure. the book of Ecclesiastes is really good at telling you this. <laughs> right. A time for. Uh, I mean, there's a time for everything. Everything is vanity, by the way. Um, there's even a passage in there nothing that says. Nothing new under the sun, isn't that? Yeah, nothing yeah. new under the sun. Um, and there's even a passage that says, in the day of prosperity, rejoice. But in the day of adversity, consider this. He has made one as well as the other so that you can't know what comes after you, right. which means you only know what came before you. Right. So, I mean, even God's right. saying. It's one could, of the, the, the features that define yeah. God. Like, yeah. he's the one who he, knows all of history. He almost protects us yeah. from that. Now, right. we can see cause and effect. Sure. But we can't really holistically explain how it's going to manifest. Or sometimes if something we in the or something uh, sometimes in the middle something thwarts that we can guess just don't know but that's it yeah we, we, all we've got really is our best guess and we can make educated guesses uh, at most of the time but it might end up this way right and uh, and then it does probably right. sometime sometimes at least yeah um, okay so people I'm going to continue people are prone to seek out and respond to these activating events mm -hmm. right because one of their biological or genetic predispositions. Mm -hmm. So there's your like Darwin framework, your uh, um, evolutionary framework. It mm -hmm. falls right in there Two, their constitutional history, three, their prior interpersonal and social learning and four, mm -hmm. their innately predisposed again, evolutionary and acquired habit patterns. Mm -hmm. So, A's virtually never exist in a pure or monolithic state. This is where it starts to get really complicated. Mm. They almost always interact with and partly include B's, remember, beliefs, and C's, consequences. People bring themselves, meaning they bring their goals, their thoughts, their desires, and their physiological propensities to activating events, to mm -hmm. the circumstances, right, that would then activate the belief. I hope that makes sense. Well, basically, I mean, and I've thought about this, too, as I was counseling uh, without even uh, regarding Ellis. Sometimes I forget that there's 
been a great many men have said the things that I've said beforehand. But uh, in order to respond to something, you have to be able to know it, which means sure. you do have a certain belief about that a, something. Or, right. Even if like your thought, it, right. so it's not necessarily belief is the big B, right, that he mm. uses uh, in, in his equation here, because that's what he's doing. He's setting up essentially a mathematical equation mm-hmm. for behavior, mm-hmm. right, which is... I mean, it's interesting. It's definitely an interesting approach to take. Mm-hmm. Um, Which means it is, is monolithic. But yeah. <laughs> well, it's linear. It's math. Yeah. I mean, so, and that's what he actually goes on to talk about that. What he's saying yeah. is that while he would like to use an equation to describe this, it doesn't really completely describe it because. Anything can happen. Right. It isn't, it, this actually isn't monolithic. You yeah. know, it, it doesn't exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So. Um, according to this theory, people have almost innumerable beliefs. So an incalculable number of bees. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> what a, yeah. uh, I mean, um, too much for us to discuss. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. You know? yeah. So an innumerable number of beliefs, cognitions, thoughts, or ideas about their activating events. Right. Mm-hmm. And these beliefs, these bees, in, importantly exert strong influences on their cognitive, emotional and behavioral consequences, which is C. Mm-hmm. So he the equation that he says is most likely to represent this relationship would be A times B equals C. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea is if you can identify mm-hmm. the activating events, the beliefs that were activated, mm-hmm. and then the consequences that resulted from this, essentially this um, process, mm-hmm. right, this psychological process that occurs you can alter your beliefs about the activating events Mm -hmm. and therefore change the consequences again that really goes right back to what i very briefly talked about with cognitive theory right if our thoughts and feelings influence behavior then if we can change our thoughts we can change our feelings we can change our behavior Mm -hmm. so that's the theory really essentially behind that um, but, uh, I thought it would be kind of interesting to go over, um, some of the, like I said, the specific, uh, coping, f- like distorted, co- like, uh, thought processes that people go to go through. Mm-hmm. So, um, distortions, cognitive distortions. That's what I'm trying to get out of my right. addled brain. Um, because I think <laughs> you and me, especially Nick, engage in some of these. <laughs> ah, are you ready? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, uh, <laughs> I can see I the look like on I, your face that this first one is not going to No, no, no. <laughs> I feel like, okay, I feel like maybe I'm leaving out like a hunk, but essentially... Yeah. What I'm about to go over is how Ellis explains the development of psychopathology. Mm. Okay, so these are like distortions or disturbances that occur in in somebody's cognitions, mm-hmm. right? That interrupt their ability to achieve their goals. Right. Okay. Okay, and because of that disturbance, they aren't happy, right? Like they can't achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Are you ready? All or nothing thinking. Okay. So this is if I fail at this. At any important task, as I like must not fail, I am a complete and total failure, and that means I am unlovable. Hmm. Like if I fail at this, then I'm a total failure and not worthy of love. All or nothing thinking. Hmm. Jumping to conclusions, 
and negative non sequiturs. For example, since they have seen me dismally fail, as I absolutely should not have done, they will view me as an incompetent worm. Oh my gosh. This guy published this theory, the first version of this theory in 1955. So yeah. forgive the antiquated insults. Oh, yeah. You know, self-loathing. It's self-loathing manifested as calling yourself an incompetent worm. very puritan. I'm a worm. A worm. It is kind of, huh? I'm in the dust of the earth here. Fortune telling. Okay. Because they are laughing at me for failing as I absolutely should not have done, they will despise me forever. Fortune telling also is like believing that you are going to be able to accurately predict the outcome of any event. Don't, or that you like could accurately predict the future. Mm -hmm. guys i mean uh, what what's one of the responses when something bad happens like you already you you think that it could go wrong but you don't know so you engage in it anyway and then it does go wrong and you go oh i knew it i knew it right well, that's then, just evidence yeah, yeah. right Re and if you truly did you wouldn't have done that but <laughs> um you were thinking that and that was your fear and it came to it came to life right so like you can hear even in these examples that the belief like he he sifts out the belief because they are laughing at me for failing, mm -hmm. which it, it isn't that they're laughing at him. That's the problem. It's that I absolutely should not have failed. That's yeah. the belief. And that's the problem. Yeah. And because of that, the consequence of that is that they're going to hate me forever. Um, I guess it depends on what you failed at. Oh, mm. old Albert. Um, anyway, fortune telling. I've also heard this uh, characterized as act like believing that, you know, what your the other person in an argument or a conversation is thinking mm. or what they feel without mm. them offering yeah. that information right, right. or that you believe, you know, like you will know how they're going to think or right. feel about right. something. Um, focusing on the negative because I can't stand th things going wrong as they must not. I can't see any good that is happening in my life. We all know people like this. And if this is you, if you are a gloomy Gus, if you are an Eeyore, right? Like, it never, it's never sunshine. It's always only rain. If, mm -hmm. if that, that's a problem. This is my life. And that, yeah, <laughs> that sounded just like, <laughs> <laughs> good job. Um, it's all right to be reasonably impacted by circumstances, guys. If you mm -hmm. have something horrible happen, okay, like it's all right to be sad, angry, whatever it might be in mm -hmm. response to that. But there's a difference between that and saying abs I have absolutely no, like no blessing whatsoever in my mm -hmm. life, no grace whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You can't, as a Christian, you just can't even be oriented that way because yeah. it doesn't matter how great your suffering, like you still mm -hmm. understand or you should be trying to reorient yourself to the truth, like the truth of what Christ did for you mm -hmm. at the cross. Right. Um, disqualifying the positive so when they compliment me on good things that i have done they are only being kind to me and forgetting the foolish things that i absolutely should not have done again you hear like the belief i absolutely should not have done those mm -hmm. foolish things so that's have you done that i know you've done that <laughs> you've done that when i've complimented you yes <laughs> this is a really common thing to do how many of you guys are uncomfortable getting compliments right and I mean, you know sit with that for a second so yeah i you know there's a there's so many thoughts that go in sometimes 
uh, to receiving a compliment. Mm-hmm. That it really is just, it, it, and then you have to snap yourself out of it and go, just accept the compliment. Yeah. You know, you're you're a jerk. They're right. complimenting you. They actually <laughs> genuinely believe that you're discounting. Right, them. and they're they're like being vulnerable and yeah. telling you, you know. Right. Um, and uh, there's be, a, but that's so that would be Ellis's point, right? Yeah. The reason that you're uncomfortable is because you have a belief. Mm-hmm. Your belief is like. Mm-hmm. Root, I mean, you're disqualifying the positive probably in that moment too, but your b- belief is rooted in like, I'm a failure, mm-hmm. right? So even if this person's complimenting me, they can't possibly know mm-hmm. like the and, truth <clears throat> real. And sometimes it, it's a uh, heavy lies the crown aspect too sure. as well. If you compliment me and I mess up, you're going to realize that you uh, spoke too soon. Right. You don't want to disappoint. First of all, I'm a phony, all that stuff. But <laughs> then if I, uh, if I say thank you, and I go, thank you, you know, then I have to live up to that compliment. That, that's uh, that's heavy lies the crown atmosphere. I kind got of thing like that. Um, the pressure. Yes, the pressure, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so. so most of us have probably engaged in this when we're feeling really bad. And mm-hmm. we, and so hi, this is like when, hi, I'm Robin, when I feel like being a brat, when I'm like leaning into the brat, the bratness, the brattiness. Um, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter how... Um, how sweet your compliment is to me. Mm-hmm. You're only doing that because you have to yeah. for whatever reason. So mama says, you know, right. that everything you do is good. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because she's supposed to say that. Exactly. It, like you have to say that because you're my mom. Yeah. Though we ask our moms anyway and then don't believe them after. So I know that I've definitely done that where you just it's easy to dismiss what somebody is saying because they just have to say that. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is what Ellis is uh, focusing on or trying to, he, this is his point that it isn't like the actual circumstance itself. That's upsetting. It's your belief about it. That makes you that results in the consequence, right? Mm-hmm. right. The emotional behavioral consequence. So right. um, another one, uh, the way he refers to it is allness and neverness, but this is abs- absolute statements, right? Mm-hmm. Always and never. Those, no. The only time we really use those statements are when we're talking about God. Right. And <laughs> so if you're speaking in absolutes, like if you're barking at your spouse, you never do this, knock that nonsense off. Right, right. It's not true. Mm-hmm. So stop saying it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I like allness and neverness, but yeah, absolute statements. Okay, minimization. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. My good shots in the, this game were lucky and unimportant, but my bad shots, which I absolutely should never have made, were as bad as could be and were totally unforgivable. Mm. Mm-hmm. So minimizing good success, mm-hmm. right? And fo- again, focusing on... Yeah, and Christians Failure. believe in uh, total depravity, but even when we go, that doesn't yeah. mean that you're the worst version of yourself. <laughs> right. It just means you're just wicked. Right. <laughs> but, uh, t- it's about a nature. It's right? about, uh, you know, uh, metaphysics. A lot of people bring that into um, other categories um, and, uh, you know, think that the doctrine of original sin is just, oh, you're a big pile of crap. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? And no, right. it's not saying that. Um, but it does say that your metaphysical nature is active rebellious right and you have a, a sinful nature and that you will choose yeah. sin because yeah. that is your nature yeah. and it goes so far as it you need to be atoned for kind of thing like that uh but again it doesn't mean that you're in you know running around the streets always killing people and right. things like that 
Um, but it does mean that you have had hate in your heart. It doesn't mean you have lied. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you have covered. You are you are sinful. Right. right. So um, either the slightest degree or the maximum. Yeah. Right. There's no there's no escaping that. Yeah. Um, emotional reasoning. Re- sorry. Emotional reasoning. <clears throat> because I have performed so so poorly as I absolutely should not have done. I feel like a total nincompoop. Uh-huh. My strong strong feeling proves that I am no damned good. Yeah. Ooh, pardon my French. No damn good. I I I uh I can hear him saying nincompoop. Like, nincompoop. Nincompoop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a use- louse. I'm a nincompoop. Uh, I'm not eligible. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like a Cary Grant yeah, type. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I never heard Cary Grant act yeah. that like oh, CD. You'll but. hear it. You'll hear it when we play it. When we, we start um, playing the Gloria versions. Let's see. Uh, labeling and overgeneralization. Because I must not fail at important work and have done so, I am a complete loser and failure. So we all do this. Like you stub your toe, you drop a glass, and it's like I'm such an idiot. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. What on earth does one have to do with the other? Yeah, yeah. I right. say that all the time. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm stupid. Why would I <laughs> dump? <laughs> Personalizing. <clears throat> Personalizing. Since I am acting far worse than I absolutely should act and sorry, since I'm acting far worse than I absolutely should act and they are laughing. What cocktail parties does this guy go to where people just start laughing? It sounds like everything he's describing is a high school locker room. I know. I, yeah, I'm so very like, who was laughing? Did people just laugh in your face Uh, back then? I don't know. Anyway, um, sorry. Since I'm acting far worse than I absolutely should act and they are laughing, I am sure they are only laughing at me and that is awful. So personalizing is taking something that isn't actually personal to you and making it about yourself. Oh, yeah. Uh, We've all done it and we all know people who do it, some more than others. Mm -hmm. Uh, Phonyism. Okay. When I don't do as well as I ought to do and they still praise and accept me, I am a real phony and will soon fall in my face and show them how despicable I am despicable I am mm-hmm. so this is that this is like the bones of the imposter syndrome right. stuff that um has been kind of popularized right um and then 12 is perfectionism mm-hmm. I realized that I did fairly well but I absolutely should have done perfectly <clears throat> perfectly well on a task like this and I'm therefore really an incompetent person mm. right Ugh. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's 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 hard. It, it, one has to ask themselves, you know, why they even would come to that conclusion. Have they ever came to that conclusion before in failure, um, or is this just a one-off event? Because it also could be just a turn of phrase. They don't really believe that they're just saying that. Sure, it's like reflex. Yeah, they don't they don't have the proper words, right? Sure. But if you keep doing this as a pattern in your life, mm-hmm. yeah, you need to rearrange that thought. Um, or so, um, why are you taking on tasks that you can't do? <laughs> so here's my issue with understanding only, weaknesses, like with only staying like quote unquote present focused, yeah. like in, in principle, I, I do agree with him. Mm-hmm. You should focus on dealing with what's happening now. Mm-hmm. The problem is, is I can restructure that thought all day long, but if what's causing that thought process to occur is never addressed, mm-hmm. how, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm just, what I'm doing here is setting up band-aids. I'm setting up like situational copers, which again, Mm -hmm. I'm not arguing are unhelpful because they can be helpful, Mm -hmm. but you aren't addressing what's at the, 
mm-hmm. core or foundation, mm-hmm. right? What's right. motivating or driving that thought process to right. begin with? And, it, and usually it, for, as Christians, it's, it's our sin, somebody else's sin, our mm-hmm. distorted understanding of God, like our skewed picture, mm-hmm. um, our skewed priority list, mm-hmm. you know, the way that we project our human right. relationships onto our divine one. You know, I, I break it down into three categories. You know, uh, God will show you, show you one category strengths, another category weaknesses, mm-hmm. and then another category of what you think your weaknesses are, but they're actually strengths, right? Like you just sure. haven't worked on them. Well, you just haven't like come to that place where you recognize it yes. as a strength. Yet. But you do know without a shadow of a doubt, in some cases, what your weaknesses are yes. and something that you just were not either called to or never going to be good about uh, good in unless you just give your attention to it holistically right, and they ignore everything else. You've been avoiding. <laughs> Right, right. You know, like you, you know, so it, yeah. And so in the process of sanctification, I've learned those things, um, which is, I'm learning. Yes. I'm learning. Um, and which is why I'm like, well, I need a wife because <laughs> I'm just not going to be good at this. <laughs> I need a help. You know what I mean? Uh, I organization. Agree. You, you do need I mean? a wife. Yes. Nick. I but, agree with you. Yes. And so, I mean, I say that facetious or like a tongue in cheek kind of thing. Yeah. But because I do understand that Adam needed a helper mm-hmm. that we do see the first instance of strength and weakness is right there mm-hmm. before Eve was even created. Mm. So. That's an interesting thought. Mm-hmm. I like that. Why is it not good for him to be alone? Right. He needs a help. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. Right. Um, so yeah, so those are our basic tenants of REBT. Ellis is the, is the dude. He outlined essentially what get, our cognitive distortions, right? Mm-hmm. We, I just went through those with you guys. So I, f- I feel like we can listen to the next clip and easily point out some of the stuff, you know, some of the theories that, some of the theory that he's putting into practice here. Yeah, with Gloria? Yeah, with Gloria. Yep. yep. And this is actually, yeah, talking about her relationships. So. The men that I do... I'm attracted to or the type of man I'd like to become closely involved with, I can't seem to meet or I get too shy with or something that I don't, it just doesn't click. The men I seem to be dating nowadays are the ones that I don't respect much, the ones I don't enjoy much that seem flip and uninteresting. And I don't know if it's something about me or what because I really do want to meet this kind of man. Well, let's talk a little about your shyness. Let's suppose you meet somebody whom you consider eligible that you might like. Now, let's see if we can get at the source of your shyness, just what you're telling yourself to create this. You meet this man and you feel shy, embarrassed? Yes, but I don't usually show that. I usually act flip right back. Yeah. I act like the other men act to me, as a matter of fact. I act flip. I don't seem near as intelligent. I act like a typical dumb blonde. (laughs) Uh, I'm just just not myself with him. I'm more on at ease. Yes, well, as you probably know from much manhunting, I believe that people only get emotions such as negative emotions of shyness, embarrassment, shame, because they tell themselves something in simple exclamatory sentences. Now, let's try to find out what you're telling yourself. You're meeting this individual. Now, what do you think you're saying to yourself before you get flipped? I know what it is, but I'm not, I don't stand up to his expectations. I'm not quite enough for him. He's superior to me. Although I want this type of man, I'm afraid I won't have enough to attract him. 
Well, that's the first part of the sentence, and that might be a true one, because maybe he could be superior to you in some ways. Mm -hmm. Maybe he wouldn't be attracted to you, but that would never upset you if you were only saying that. I think he may be superior to me. Now, you're adding a second <laughs> sentence to that, which is, if this is so, that would be awful. <laughs> manhunting. I love that. He <laughs> experienced manhunting more than I do. <laughs> so he, so you can hear right away what he's doing. He is breaking down the thought process that precedes, right? Mm -hmm. The emotional consequence, the behavioral consequence of acting shy. Mm -hmm. So he's trying to get her to recognize essentially that the activating event, which is um, the fact that she goes on a date, she's manhunting, <laughs> right? Okay, mm -hmm. like she's on a date or she's gonna go on a date and she's she starts to perceive that the person she's on a date with is more intelligent than her superior superior well, to her uh, but he is also she's also saying i act flip, flip right back. I know, flip okay. so it's like why are you afraid of superiority but at the same time right. view yourself superior or gonna act like it doesn't matter to <laughs> yeah you, right like so it, yeah I, just, I act flip right back okay right so why is the guy that's acting flippantly towards you the one you want first? Yeah. Let's talk about that. To be honest, this is where Fritz goes, you're being a phony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, right. Yeah. So, yeah, he, you can hear Ellis. Like, he's trying to get her to recognize that it wouldn't, although I think it's kind of funny the way he says it. If it was just that thought, it wouldn't upset you. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it might hurt my feelings yeah, a little a bit. Okay. This person that I like yeah. rejected me. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, so but anyway, he, that's his point, right? It's your belief. It's the belief that informs, right? Yeah. How you experience it, the activating. And event. he's not necessarily wrong, right? No. Like, again, where he's going with it, his conclusions, his remedies yeah, I, I, I don't agree with, but yeah, she's having an internal dialogue and it's affecting her. Sure, sure. You know well, I mean? and yeah. we, okay, right. We we look at this with a grain of salt because we realize that his worldview mm -hmm. was completely devoid of Christ. Mm -hmm. In really, fact, I he mean, railed very, against it. Yeah, yeah, really railed against it. Um, so, but you can, I think it comes out really clearly. He's trying to get her to direct her focus and attention to the belief itself, mm. which is what's causing... Mm -hmm. Right. According to his theory, which is it's what's causing the consequence, which is mm -hmm. shyness. So, yeah, I'm not sure what's uh, what. Let's listen to the next. Yeah. The next one. And this is um, going over, you know, uh, catastrophizing, really. Which uh, is another which cognitive is, distortion. Yes. Right. Yeah. And all we'll, or nothing thinking, catastrophic thinking, yeah. mm -hmm. worst case scenario. And you'll hear it. I mean, you may even laugh a little bit. So here you go defense is that I can't show my good qualities and it's like I missed my chance again there was a good opportunity to be close to this man and I loused it up again all right but even let's suppose you're saying that and I think you really are but you must be saying something else too because if you were just saying hell I missed my chance again you'd say all right next time I'll take advantage of what I learned this time and do it a little better now you still must be saying if you feel shame embarrassment shyness that there's something pretty bad about your error in missing your chance again. I don't know if this follows in contact to what you're saying, but the thing I do feel is that I get suspicious then. Am I the type of woman that will only appeal to the ones that are to not my type of guy anyway? Is there yeah. something wrong with me? Am I never going to find the kind of man I enjoy? I always seem to get the other ones. All right, now you're getting closer to what I'm talking about, because you're really saying, if I am this type of woman, 
that none of these good, eligible males are going to appeal to, then that would be awful. I'd never get what I want, and that would really be something frightful. Isn't Plus, it? I don't like thinking of myself that way. I want to put myself on a higher standard. I don't like to think that I may be just an average Jane Doe. But let's just suppose for the sake of argument at the moment that that were so, right. that you were an average Jane Doe. Now, would that be so terrible? It would be inconvenient. It would be unpleasant. You wouldn't want it. But would you get an emotion like shyness, embarrassment, shame, out of just believing that maybe I'm going to end up like Jane Doe. I don't know. Well, I don't think you could, because you still would have to be saying on some level, as I think you've just said, and it would be very bad. It would be terrible. I would be a no-goodnik if I were just well, Jane Doe. Well, plus, I'd never get what I want. If I were just a Jane Doe, and if I'd have to accept that, I'd never get what I want, and I don't want to live the rest of my life with just icky men. Well, I it's want not... Necessarily so that you'd never, you really mean your chances would be reduced because we know some icky girls who get some splendid men, don't oh, we? That's yeah. Right. You that's see, right. so you're generalizing <laughs> there. You're saying it probably would He's be calling her out. that I'd have a more difficult time. But then you're jumping to, therefore, I'd never get it all. You well, see the catastrophizing there that you jumped to. Yes, but. And. Yeah. I mean, he's, he, I think he's doing a great job. Good maybe even better than the other two yeah. psychologists actually like walking through his process. And, and anybody, <laughs> and you can be honest. It's okay. I'm not judging you. Anybody <laughs> that has been listening to our glorious stuff and understands that she's divorced, most likely went, I think I understand why she, Oh, <laughs> oh but, no. but the only reason why I say that is because she has a perspective on icky men. She doesn't right. want to be a plain jo uh, Jane or uh, a Jane Doe. Which it's like, who, who who gives you that standard and why are you thinking that about yourself when, you know, like, why do you want to be dominant? I don't oh. want to be just be the typical girl. What caused you to even believe okay, that you're so, not? Okay, all right. Let me, okay, let, <laughs> like, me, let me, like, frame that differently. Yeah. Because really, like, I, I hear what you're saying because there is, like, an odd arrogance yeah. in some of the things that she's yeah. saying. But most girls, right, would have that thought press process manifest as in I would like to be beautiful. Okay. So like beautiful is not average. Yeah. Beautiful is above average. Mm. So this is probably going to be very gender. Like her, the issue that she's bringing yeah. up is going to have a lot of roots in just being a woman like, uh, and, okay. and little girls, this is how our brains work yeah. from what, like you want to be attractive. You want to be, yeah. 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 Um, or at least seen as special. Most human beings want to be seen as important or worthy in some hmm. way, right? It can become like need to be worshipped. Well, yeah. you know, as we move into narcissism and stuff. Very much idolatrous. And right. I don't know that that's what's happening here with Gloria. Hmm. I think it's probably much more likely what you brought up. You made you know a joke of like she is divorced. Yeah, she's. I think she's thirty, right? Yeah, thirty, thirty-one. Um, I. I'm sure I knew that at some point during yeah. the series. Yeah. Um, she's divorced. She's already lived like a lot of life yeah. and she's young. Yeah. Um, all of you people out there that aren't 30 yet. And if you look at her, <laughs> 30 is, yeah. you know, if you look at her, yeah, you could tell she's 30, but you they, can tell she's young, they but dressed, she, they yeah. dressed differently. They were a little bit more right. mature. I couldn't tell that she was blonde. She says same dumb blonde, but she looks like a brunette. Like, no, she is a brunette. She goes, I act like a typical dumb blonde. Oh, oh you know okay. What I mean? Which means that 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 pejorative is in the atmosphere of something not to be, you know what I mean? Right. And we know what she's saying. 
because if I were to say not every blonde is dumb, well, I know that, but I'm just right. But she you know, again, an that's expression. another example. Yeah. Like that's her being well, it's being stereotypical and also yeah. overgeneralizing. Yeah. Um, but they didn't really care about that in the 60s. I mean, it's just carried over from a generation. Right. I do. Yeah. I'm very, I'm interested, though. She has kind of like pushed back against what he's suggesting by saying, well, then I wouldn't get what I want. Right. He tries to say he's trying to get her to the place. Well, like, you know, if I if I don't get what I want, that is awful, really. But she's like, well, I, really, this is the this is what I have a problem with. I don't want to live the rest of my life you know, below the standard that I would have for myself. Mm. Yeah, then the standard <laughs> needs to be reoriented. Right, yeah. exactly. And I, I, again, I do think that's probably very related to her divorce because, mm. of course, why? Yeah. W- Come on, guys. It has to be. That isn't a... That's she wasn't thinking about that before in, in her first marriage. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, um, yeah, you can... He And he's calling out some of the cognitive distortions, you know, in real time. Mm. If this was occurring in real time, it's mm-hmm. definitely not. But um, it's interesting to hear. It's interesting to see that whole process kind of manifest. Mm-hmm. All right, let's do her. Do we have one more? Or is that no? It? That is the oh. uh, the last clip see, there. I'm all excited. Yeah. I'm no. Like, oh, let's keep going. no, that is the last clip there. And so we do. You know, we are seeing. Um, you know, Albert Ellis speaks some truth here. Right. Uh, I mean, obviously, when you listen to him, you're like, yeah, it, it's definitely so, that. Yeah. Ellis, one of Ellis's like kitschy. He, the, all of these, like, you know, we went through, like, catastrophizing. It's like it's a kitschiness to it. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he says that I have used a lot because I'm guilty of it and most of us are guilty at it, guilty of it mm-hmm. is the don't should on yourself, mm-hmm. right? So we didn't go into that part of his theory, but it is a big part of it. You know, the expectations, the shoulding that we do influences our, like, mm-hmm. beliefs and the consequences rather drastically mm-hmm. so don't shut on yourself if you focus on the should you're not actually dealing with what is mm-hmm. right if it's well i shouldn't feel this way i shouldn't think that okay that's all fine and good <laughs> what are you thinking though mm-hmm. right because the focus should not be on mm-hmm. what i would do right like what i would prefer what i should have done differently mm-hmm. if i need to deal with like what is happening right now yeah. the pre- that present focus again Right. I should not should myself. Yeah. Don't should um, on yourself. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, we not, use, I'm actually not sure if he specifically said that, but it, it came from this. He prob- well, that's what he develop- probably did. It's but. really what developed later after this, because this is this is one of those <clears throat> his approach actually evolved and is still yeah. used today. Right. And it's actually primary. A lot of people. Um, yes. So this is a very especially when you're dealing with communication issues. Right. This so is the, a, a really, you know, meaty so the, theory. And yeah. it's relatively easy to understand, right? Yeah. The ABCs, most of us relate, most English speakers relate to that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I hear the should yourself thing mm-hmm. um, always brought, I mean, it's usually brought up in AAs, NAs, yes. or some kind of group therapy of some sort. Yeah. Um, you, you hear that a lot. It's usually a form of encouragement. Don't should on yourself. Which means it's not a prohibition on using the terminology because if somebody does use the term, you know, word should, mm-hmm. I should have done this, I'll know better for next time, right. I'm okay, uh, I'll, you know, whatever, then it's fine to acknowledge what you should have done, correct it the next time, mm-hmm. but don't live in the shame of it. Right. Well, which is the gospel, uh, by the exactly, way. Exactly, right. Because Christ <laughs> paid for all of that. Right. We're actually right, like, right. commanded 
but, but to most, not yeah. wallow in shame but like that. Most people should on yourself and then, like you said, dwell on yeah. that should. Right. They get lost. And it's easy to see why that happens, right? Yeah. Because like you don't want to look at what is because what is mm-hmm. is uncomfortable and unpleasant. It mm-hmm. doesn't feel good, mm-hmm. right? And I'm also used to self-whipping, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, it wasn't good enough. It mm-hmm. wasn't good enough. It yeah. should have, it, it needed to be better and it wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't good enough. And I mean, what, what are the consequences of that? Depression. Yeah. Anxiety, depression, right. um, a reluctancy to even try again. Oh even. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or total giving up. Oh you yeah. Know what to I mean? not, yeah. or never, never even trying to begin yeah. with. Yeah. And this transcends into all categories too, is you, even if there are minor, the cat, minor categories, I'm a content creator in, in some regard yeah. Oh, yeah, you in are. other areas. Right. And it stinks. When the thing that you just slaved over right. didn't get the attention like that tanks. you'd know it deserves. Right, exactly. <laughs> like, you know it deserves it. Right. You know what I mean? Whether or not that's true or not is really predicated upon the audience, sure. not you. But well, <laughs> <laughs> but when it, it stinks. And then sometimes the thing that doesn't really get uh, deserved to right. get the attention you, does. Right, that you didn't spend the time or you didn't have the like personal right. passion for in the same way that some other thing. Because right. I've, 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 I've made videos that I didn't take too much time on. I just put it out there to put it out there. Sure. And boom, it exploded into popularity. And then I've dwelt three hours on something, making it really good. Yeah. And no one saw it. Right. <laughs> and then I go, oh, I'm just a... I'm just a louse. I guess I've never used right. that word, but I'm using the word from Gloria, right? I'm just, oh, I'm incompetent. I really thought this was good. So Way it, to go, boy, trying your, you know, butt off. And so our, done our, this. Uh, our yeah. female friends up in Moscow, I've, I've been reading or, well, listening to uh, Rachel. Uh, Jacobic. Yeah. yeah, her little... Um, Loving the Little Years book because mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a twenty-month-old son sure. and um, I wasn't raised in a Christian household, so I'm all from scratch learning, you know, how to do this. Um, but one of the, and I, I actually think Rebecca Mer- Merkel talks about this in Even Exile, but being bad at something is not a good reason to not do it. Mm-hmm. You right, like at first you're gonna be bad at it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You need to be obedient to God's calling. Mm-hmm. Right. You need to be obedient to Christ. Mm-hmm. So being bad at something has or should have zero. Yeah. Bear, oh, that doesn't mean that you should be, you know, selling the pottery that is like warbly and has holes in it. It was extremely <laughs> terrible. But it, you don't have an excuse not to try. Oh, That's yeah. the. I was extremely terrible at uh, reading scripture. Not not like consistently, but. Uh, interpreting it and uh, knowing what I'm reading. But I had a belief system that you should just read it. So I did. But then I started getting better at, oh, this is, this word is brought up again. Uh This word. Picking up pattern. Picking up patterns. And all of a sudden, you know, you're like a theologian type six years later. Yeah. Yeah. It was six years later. (laughs) It's crazy that you say that because I feel like this is the third year that James and I together have done the Bible reading challenge. Mm-hmm. And so that's the, the third complete year that mm-hmm. I've done it, but I was in and out of it the first year. Um, yeah. And just the map that I have, I conceptualize lots of things in, in maps, but in the like map, the, the image that I have, the like timetable of creation, existence, God, it's so developed 
and it's so much meatier than it was three and a half years ago, four years ago. Mm-hmm. So, and like we, all we are doing simply is what you're talking about, which is just reading, mm-hmm. not making a study of the, you know, you can, and people do James and I, like we do our own independent studying. Um, yeah. And, and it, this is, you know, it's gotten down to a point feeling. where I studied twofold. Yeah. One where I'm exegeting a particular passage and trying to understand my doctrinal convictions a little bit more. And then uh, another study would be in light of my sanctification. Right. What am I going through uh, personally? How does it apply to me? Yeah. How does this apply? Uh, How do I uh, walk with God in this? You know, and and what is the common denominator in the past couple months with all my trials? Because it it does testify to some sin and it does testify to the sign of the times where I'm at in life, calling in life. And I think that the Bible has tremendous wisdom with with that. Of course it does. Right. Um, And so I may read the book of Ecclesiastes for the ninth time, or I may read Ezekiel because he's touching on some things. What does it mean for the glory to God to leave the temple? What what is that really? And Mm -hmm. in light of the new covenant, can that happen? Should it happen? Why doesn't it happen? And then all of a sudden you start to feed that into your life. And, and I go really in light of sanctification, I love reading the Bible. Mm -hmm. Um, and because I've read it over and over and over and over again, I know what book to go to. I know what things to go to. You've got your, your conceptual map is much more filled in than mine. (laughs) And then the the other thing might be like a Bible reading challenge, right? Uh, doctrinally. And when I'm reading, you know and I mean? I'm going to start in Genesis and then I'm going to read the Psalms and then you're going to read it like in a chronological order. Sure. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And, um, and, uh, yeah, you know, and that was totally different from, first time i picked up the oh Bible. my gosh i started in genesis and yeah I went, what is that you know <laughs> and then i ended up in revelation and i go what did i just read right and, and how does yeah. it make sense and why mm-hmm. does it seem like certain things happen more than once right. what's going on yeah but the even the, i was so bad at it it was just good to do it anyway yeah and right again like mm-hmm. script god's word doesn't return void like there is you are never ever mm-hmm. going to be harmed by reading scripture yeah no never so go to it right. you know i remember anyway. uh, i remember watching this video and he goes uh you know the the bible is like a shot of electrocution you know who, and who, uh, who? I, I don't know okay. i don't know who it was but he had a southern accent he's a region kjb <laughs> um but you employ too much to that person mm-hmm. he's, he was making an argument to read it you know in increments and slowly and maybe there's some wisdom in that yeah right right but he goes it's like a volt of electric, you know, electricity. Uh-huh. You get too much, and you kill them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't know if the Bible will kill you, but yes, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can get overwhelmed with everything in there, right? And without understanding it, without a biblical leader, without being discipled, <laughs> right. without uh, being in prayer and asking for wisdom in what you're reading, um, it will be very, very, very difficult um, to get holistically what it's talking about, especially the first time around. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so don't feel yeah. badly about that. And mm-hmm. like be a part of a church and get discipled well. Yeah. Discipleship is so important. Yeah. And uh, in the amazing process of sanctification when you do get it and now when you're alone and you're studying and things uh-huh. like that is tremendous. You know, and oh, you'll man. have tears, you'll... 
you'll have laughter too as well. There's vindication and joy and go, wow, God really has done and is doing that in my right. life. I see it empirically, see it. It's just, uh, and the reason why we bling that up is because, bling, bling. That, up, bling that up, bling, bling that up, bro. Um, is because it does relate to what El, uh, Ellis was saying in, in, in the light of Paul saying, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Right. Things change. Your belief systems change. Your perception changes. Absolutely. I mean, yeah. when you're first saved, everything is brand. It really, you really do yeah. get to, you see the world with these brand new eyes, at least yeah. That for me, it was you, that striking. You're an infant, curious about everything. Right, it's just like, looking at everything. What is this? Well, why, right, why, how do why? I understand this now in light of the gospel, in right. light of this truth that I was, you know, all you the know ignorant, not ignorance, the wrong word, that I was denying. All the oxytocin you want from the love and yeah. the handling, all the dopamine you want from the <laughs> rewards of doing the right thing that you want, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden, right, nothing. Yeah. What, what, what is that? Ah, yeah, yeah. Now here's where Christian sanctification takes place. Yeah. And actually yielding to truth and not feelings. Right, um, right. right. That's what we're called to. Yeah. Right. And so we want to change that perception to where when you do, when you believe something, it actually all comes back, and but not in feeling wise, but empirical realities. Mm-hmm. You can see it. Yeah, tangibly. Can, right. Can I see God? No, he's immaterial. But can I see God? Yeah, he's everywhere. Right. <laughs> and, in everything, uh, all creation sings your yeah. praise. And you just see him everywhere. You see him in creation. You know what <sighs> I mean? And it's like, it's beautiful. Why don't I feel that anymore? It's because I understand the truth. I don't need to feel it. My whole encompassing being. Oh, I feel it. <laughs> I totally know. feel that majesty. Oh, yeah. I used to feel this this heartfelt, I mean, touch from the Holy Spirit. I mm-hmm. mean, it was supernatural kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I would just be laying there and all of a sudden my heart would flutter. Yeah. And yeah, occasionally you get those drops, but like, but <laughs> that was me adding testosterone to your water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever he's doing, whatever yeah. he's doing. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah, there is an empirical reality to where it's like, I'm better off this way because I actually just, what I believe about my environment mm-hmm. testifies to God. Yes. Whereas before the only thing that testified God, was how I felt. Right. <laughs> and I go, I'd rather have this because now it's, well, it's all, objectively you know, true. It's exactly. It, and, and then it, and it's a, it's certainly a blessing when the feeling comes. So, Absolutely. Yeah. But we don't cower to the feeling. No, don't we need don't to. bow to it. Don't need to. Don't need to. And, uh, and that was changing my belief system. Right. I used to think that anytime that I didn't feel the Holy Spirit, I was sinning. I'm sure. Yeah. Or that something was wrong. Yeah, my doctrine was wrong. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and I, most of us, we live in, a, especially in the United States, we are such a hedonistic culture. We are such a pleasure, pleasure-seeking pleasure culture. We are mm-hmm. such a, like a heavy, negative, sad, like sad, emotion-avoidant culture. Mm-hmm. We are death-avoidant. We are grief-avoidant. We just don't like to feel bad. Yeah. And so when we do, and if we do for longer than, you know, a day or so, we think something is wrong mm. with us. <clears throat> Why? Mm. Right. You know? And um, so it, yeah, I think ultimately what we would say to Ellis is repent and believe the gospel uh, <laughs> first. It, there is a, a source of arrogance and maybe it's right and true, but uh, let's just say, just call it arrogance um, um, for a second on my part. When I hear Ellis and I'm thinking in the back of my mind, and I go, are you thinking that you're saying anything new here? Yeah. Because, well, yeah, because th- 
the church has mm-hmm. existed for 2000 years and we've been saying this over and over like, again. Right. The transforming, right. The renewing of the spirit, transforming yeah, of the okay. mind. Yeah. The, the, the transforming of the mind, the fact that you have to pick up your cross, the fact that there is suffering, right. right. Uh, the fact that there is joice and to right. rejoice in that and to, to re- keep your mind set on. Right. Uh, good, to, beautiful things, right. lovely things, things of God, not... To, yeah, to, yeah, to dwell on things that are lovely, pure, pure and true. Right. Um, the fact that you should mourn with others, the fact that you shouldn't mourn like the ones who have no hope. Right. This is all perception if you don't think that. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. We're just, maybe we're not used to looking at scripture that way, but God really is laying out for us, <laughs> yeah. hey, it's absolutely okay to feel things. I do not expect stoicism, mm-hmm. but I expect control and management and mm-hmm. when I say like no other gods before me, that includes your feelings. Yeah, feel how you feel. Don't sin. Right. Don't and there's sin. ways. Now, sometimes you feel how you're feeling because of the belief. But once your mind start transforming, right. don't even feel that way anymore. And, and, and it's or to the slightest degree or it gets better. And, right. And like that's why I'm like, I'm like, Ellis, you're kind of describing things that human beings have already known for a long time right and you're getting a prestigious title because <laughs> of either your voice or the fact that you wrote a book or <laughs> it, it right now everybody's interested in you know especially in the 60s of new particular uh counseling styles yeah yeah this mm-hmm. is like that this is right an place, era right of rain and you stick any word like cognitive or remote in there R- <laughs> rational know, rational uh-huh. um, um it sounds intelligent <laughs> It does. Yeah. Cognitive behavioral therapy. Ooh, cognitive behavioral. Right. Well, it really just means um thinking. Well, and I think thinking. That, was, that was it. <laughs> that was intentional. Like that, you know, these people were trying to make what was still very much considered like a soft science mm-hmm. much harder. Yeah. Like except, you know, within the like larger scientific community. Right, so you right. can see some of that come out. Because it's not surgery. Um, it's definitely not medication. Well, no. Yeah. No, I mean, so it's not necessarily, I mean, I think you do, con- you can control some of your phys- physicality, your oh, physiology, yeah. uh, mentally, um, but it's not like introducing a chemical mm-hmm. into, like yeah. a, I mean, into I your I certainly stop myself from crying kind of thing and have had to tense up things like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah we've. Yeah, we're we're strange beings that, that we can use our minds to <laughs> or, do a lot yeah, of things. Image you know? bearers, right? And um, and so I don't mean to put Ellis down on that, but I no, I, no, I, I wanted see. to actually boast in Christ. Yeah. That Christians, you've had this answer for a long, 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 long mm-hmm. time. And maybe um, you just didn't recognize that Scripture speaks to this. It really yeah. does all over the Old and New Testament. Mm-hmm. Um. I do have a clip uh, before we uh, uh, sign off, uh, um, and it's part of his intro, and it goes along along, uh, along the lines of what we just said here. He brings up the word dogmatic and that beliefs predicated upon lack of evidence and faith. Um, He uses that a little bit in here, and you can tell really what he's talking about. So I'm just going to play this yeah. for, 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 uh, I meant to play it earlier, but we went into Gloria and, oh. but, but right now it, it actually plays a little bit more relevancy. So, okay. Yeah. And we believe that today the individual experiences negative emotions, self-defeating behavior, inefficiencies, because he now is indoctrinating himself with what we call simple exclamatory sentences, which involve ideas. 
Human beings can tell themselves ideas in all kinds of languages, in pictures, in sign languages, in nonverbal expression, in math, for example, but they normally speak to themselves in simple English if English is their native tongue. And when they talk to themselves in an irrational or an illogical way, then they create, they literally create their negative feelings or emotions and the behavior that follows therefrom. Now, just to give an example, the individual usually tells himself when he's upset, first a sane sentence and then an insane sentence. The sane sentence is something along the order of, I don't like the thing that I've done. I dislike my own behavior. And that would be fine, but unfortunately, he follows it with an insane sentence, which says to himself, and because I don't like my behavior, I am a louse, I am worthless, I am a no-goodnik. And this thoroughly insane sentence, which is a sentence of faith unfounded on fact, which has no empirical reference, which is a kind of superstitious mm. or dogmatically religious system, creates what we call his anxiety, and through his anxiety, his depression, his guilt, his other forms of self-defeatism. Yeah. You see what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> so the reason why I bring that up is because if Christianity has been talking about this for a long time, because he's not necessarily wrong. Right. What's he view about religion? Obviously, faith not founded on fact. Right. He thinks faith is all blind faith. Yes. It's because of the terminology and the way they use faith, especially the way we use it today. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have faith in God's existence. We have faith in God's character. The Bible already says that you know, and you suppress the truth and unrighteousness. Right. <laughs> but do you believe he said he was going to do what he was going to do? That he's the kind of God that he says he is, kind right. of thing like that. Right. The kind of God that you know and suppress the truth and unrighteousness, do you believe that he's good? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I mean? After regeneration, we see that too as well. Faith is not a blind faith. So in his uh, in his uh, aspect, and it's almost Freudian too as well, like um, uh, the it is being impeded, uh, impeded on uh, by religious dogmatics, authority figures, mm-hmm. things like that that are distorting, that are inflating your ego and super ego, all that stuff, right? Um, he's saying that you've been indoctrinated because of these things and you're telling yourself these things right? and it's faith founded upon, um, not founded upon fact. fact. And Which would be a cognitive distortion. Yeah, it's a religious right. dogma. Mm-hmm. You need to analyze. But right. then, the, you know, uh, again, we would ask him what's wrong with being depressed and things like that if there is... <laughs> No reason why I can't be, uh, right. according to your De- worldview. Right, depressed. Right. Um, and so I thought it was just timely to bring that up at this time because we were starting to talk about those things. Because once you start making sense with the Christian worldview, mm-hmm. the minute it is the minute they go, well, it's faith founded upon facts. So you, you could be right, but your right. you know, God doesn't exist. So we're just going to discount you. Right. And so he steals from the Christian worldview. Right. Um, and then, um, excommunicates God and right. says, believe in me, I wrote a book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, right. so that's my critique of Ellis. Um, and of course, if he was alive today, um, or still around, um, and, um, I would debate him, um, <laughs> on his, uh, uh, view of human nature before right. I even give credit to his approach. I, I so. something tells me he would probably be willing to do that. Yeah. Debate. I would love to. I just <laughs> see that about his personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah, so 
Um, we hope that we didn't overload you guys with information. We know it's a lot, and we really hope that you have enjoyed the glorious series. And if you haven't, you need to rearrange your thoughts <laughs> and believe <laughs> that, it's <excellent. laughs> that it's good. Yeah, that is too funny. Um, uh, we, but we do love you guys. Yes. Thoughts will come. Suffering will come. But you need to take heart. Jesus take said it. take heart. Mm-hmm. He has overcome the world. Love, love you. Ya. Love you. Love you.